Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Hello and welcome back to Fragmenters, my friends. I just have to tell everyone thank you again for rating, subscribing, listening, downloading, sharing, and all of the things that you do to help Fragmenters and getting our voices heard. Today, I have Alyssa Marshall. She is a fellow lady of tech. She is the co-founder of Owlish. Now, Owlish is a really awesome software where it makes course creation possible for even those who are not high tech. I'm going to butcher this, so I'm just going to let Alyssa say hello and explain everything for you. Hi, Dina. Thank you so much for having me on your show. My name is Alyssa. I'm the co-founder of Owlish, which is a software that helps non-technical course creators put up awesome looking online courses onto their websites without needing a developer and without needing a separate subdomain. That is so necessary. I see my friends, I guess I was going to say business people, but my friends who are in business all the time, they're like, I have the perfect idea for a course. I have no idea where to do this. They already are established, but most of the places that I know of, you have to sign up and you have to point people and direct them to this different location. So being able to have control of where people see it sounds amazing. How did you come up with that? You hit it on the head. <laughs> that is exactly why the idea came from because I was a course creator since 2013. Mm -hmm. So my background in education is I'm a dentist, but then I didn't want to be a dentist <laughs> anymore. <laughs> And as I got exposed to entrepreneurship, it was like, oh my God, like this is a whole new world. I didn't know it was a thing. And so I got into that and my husband, well, then boyfriend, now husband and I tried a bunch of different things. And the one that stuck as, you know, a business that would be sustainable was a dental education website. And there we created and like hosted a lot of online courses. And so we became like an online dental education kind of platform kind of business. And this was back in 2013. So you can imagine when we're trying to figure out how to get courses up on a website. And thankfully, my husband has a development background that like he used to nice. do like design websites and stuff. But the thing is, this was primarily, I, I didn't want to have to ask him for every little thing that I needed. It can get you just kind of start feeling like a five-year-old that can't get milk out of the cover by themselves. <laughs> yes. Like, can you do this little thing for me? And the thing with me though, is learning tech or like a new software even like it's hard. It's, I, I have a huge mental block to the point, like I I've never even logged into TikTok. Like this, this is me, right? I'm going to be, I, I already am that older person that is like out of touch with the, what the youngsters are doing. I, I didn't think I'd be that like lame old person, but you know, I I've come to embrace it. But anyway, I wasn't, it wasn't working. I kind of tried our courses were on WordPress and I, I, I did try for a little bit. I took courses and I, I was able to handle it for a little bit. I took two courses. It was okay. But I don't know if you have any experience with WordPress, Dina, but the WordPress backend becomes a disaster so fast. It is not something that you want to look at if, you know, the if it's a very simple website, I think it's okay. If it's just like a hello homepage with maybe like three more pages and a blog, like fine, you can figure it out as a non-technical person. But if you add more complexities to it and ask the website to do more things and add a bunch of plugins to make all these things happen and the plugins don't work with each other, all the things or that they make update it so and then it breaks everything. <laughs> all the things that make WordPress so great also makes it really hard for the non-technical person to, to do. And so I just felt extremely disempowered doing that thing. And, you know, I, even just to add like a, a edit a module, I'd be like, I, I don't know where to find this anymore. Everything is so messy. And I would 
ask either my husband or a developer to help me with it. And if it's a developer, like sure, he would take care of it for me pretty quickly. But if it was my husband, it goes to the bottom of his to-do list, you know? (laughs) And uh, it would take about five follow-ups for it to actually happen. And uh, I just didn't like that. But it's not like he was like, oh, you figure it out yourself. He He's like, he's also busy. And so we talked about this quite a bit, like, I cannot be the only person and I do not like subdomains like I the SEO juice like I want to keep people here the the user experience I don't want them to you know have to remember where to go like they should just be able to come here and I like I just want to manage one website not two mm-hmm. and so years of struggling with this and yeah that's where really Allish came from is like, okay, how do we figure this out? Because I know there are a lot more people just like me that all they want, an easy way to put up an online course onto the site they already have and not have to go through all these like developer, you know, and it it shouldn't be so difficult. So really was like, as the no code movement got bigger and all these no code tools came out, I was like, okay, we can, we, we should be able to 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 build this. So the non-technical Alyssa became a software co-founder. Here I am. <laughs> that is so awesome. I absolutely love hearing when people they're like, I have this issue and they actually do something about it. That's like where the best things come from. So you said that they can just put these on their website. Do you do the hosting of it or do you just you do the hosting too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so like the video hosting and things yes. like that we do. Mm-hmm. So you can either use our hosting or if your videos are already on like Vimeo or Wistia, you can just drop that link too. It can go either way. But yeah, it, we work with all these different platforms and you would put the course into our backend and it's easy like the drag and drop you can drag and drop and edit and add a lesson in between all this kind of stuff it's simple all the course content doesn't get mixed with other courses contents if you know what i mean with oh yeah plus <laughs> if you try to find the course content for this course it's like oh god where is it that doesn't happen because it's a dedicated lms it's clean so that's that and then all you have to do is drop some code into your footer of your website and that will help us show display the course where you tell us to display it I'm just like mind blown. This is so amazing. I had no idea it was out there. That's awesome. But I do I do have to figure out how did you you were a dentist? Like we can't just leave that alone. <laughs> yes. So how did I quit dentistry? Yeah. I mean, why did you pursue dentistry? And then why did you, I know you said you no longer wanted to be one, but I mean, I get it. I sometimes see those nasty tooth videos on TikTok (laughs) and I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that. So I kind of get it. But what was your reason? I never actually went into dentistry with a lot of thought, to be completely honest with you. I went into dentistry first in South Korea. I was there and there, unlike here, it is not a grad school program. It is an undergrad program. It's six years though. You know, the only places where it's a graduate school is like North America, US and Canada, like other parts of the world, it's usually longer than four years, but you go straight out of high school. So it's a very young age to make a decision. And for me, I did not have any preferences in terms of what I actually wanted to do. I was more like I was taking in the society's input on what I should want to do, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And I did well enough throughout high school to be able to go to dental school because it was very competitive. And so when I got that acceptance and I mean, seriously, I'd never I hadn't I barely even been to the dentist till then. And I, I asked my mom, like, do people go to the dentist? But my mom had a lot of dental work done. And she was like, yeah, just look at me. Everybody goes to the dentist. You're the lucky one that you don't have any teeth problems. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, the only thing I know for sure is that it will give me a professional license and that my career, like I shouldn't have that difficult for time earning and living. And this was very important to me because I was watching my mom who was a single mother raising three children and really struggling 
throughout the whole time to make sure we were not only fed, but, you know, education is extremely important in South Korea. It's called the pressure cooker system. And she, she wanted to make sure that we we didn't have to live luxuriously like we didn't like as we grew up, we kept moving and downsizing like, you know, like we were we, she really did struggle. And I was watching that and going, no. I don't want to live like that. That that adult life looks extremely stressful to me and not fun. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really have any adults to look at and be like, oh, that's the kind of life I do want to live. That's the, the thought that I never even stopped to think about. I just mm -hmm. thought, well, mm -hmm. this is what society says I'm supposed to do. Do well in high school, do well in your Korean version of the SAT, and then, you know, go to the school you can go to. And for me, that became dental school. And the moment I entered, it was never like, oh, I'm so happy that I'm going to be a dentist. It was like, it was more that I was, the path was decided for me. I never questioned the fact that I would veer away from it. Why would I? Like, I worked so hard to get here. Right. And while I was in my senior year in Korea, my family moved to the U.S., and so I was like, well, I don't want to be the only person here. So I guess I'm following. I'm young enough. And, you know, my mom was going to get older and stuff. I didn't want to be on the opposite side of the world. So I came here not even knowing, like, what it's going to take for me to get my license here. Mm -hmm. Turns out that's hard and competitive also. And there are these programs in the U.S. where if you are a dentist from another country, you just have to go to the later two years of dental school. But the problem is getting into that program. It is very competitive. There are way more people like dentists that are either here or want to come here that need to go through that program than there are seats available. Mm -hmm. And so it took me two tries and I, I didn't start my program at UCLA until two years later. And so I did six years of dental school in Korea, two years of blank and then two years in, in, in UCLA. And then during my, my senior year, I was dating my now husband and he has a friend. He's a much older than my husband, but he has this really young soul and he's just so delightful to be with. One of my favorite people. And he was from the UK and previously ran a very, very successful bikini mail order business <laughs> that he got so burnt out at one point he just walked away from the business like mm -hmm. he, anyway so he had this experience with the business and he's randomly said hey do you know this book called the four hour work week i was like i didn't read any books at that time like i was not why why would i read books i have my dental textbooks to go through right. like I, yeah that was just my life anyway i was just like what he was like i think you'll really like it just give it a listen and he gave me the audiobook and I started to listen to it while I was like trying to finish my requirements to graduate in my senior year there. And to say that my perception of life turned upside down is an understatement. It was, oh my gosh, I can't even put it into words. It just opened up a whole new possibility of life for me. And it allowed me to dream for the very first time. For the mm -hmm. first time in my life, I actually stopped to say, what do I want with my life? I have to say Tim Ferriss made it sound a lot easier than it actually is. Yes. <laughs> so that, that book was amazing. I wouldn't have it any other way because it got me out of my career. You know, it got me to actually confront the fact that, no, I don't want to be a dentist. And I am still in my, I was 29, so I was I'm still in my 20s. And mm -hmm. I can, maybe I can figure out something else for myself. And that is how I got into entrepreneurship. Very, very long <laughs> answer to your short question. That societal pressure, we don't realize it till we're older, but there's so much pressure and you don't even, you, you don't know. You're like, of course I want to be a dentist. Who wouldn't want to be a dentist? I mean, there's prestige there and people look up to me and I'll make money and I'll blah, blah, blah. But you don't actually think of wanting to like, I feel like going through school, you're told what you have to do all the time. You're not told what do you want to do? Do you want to be doing this math course? No, probably not. Do you want to be writing essays for English? Yes, actually, I do. But you know, you're not asked that you're just like, do, 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 do. And screw what you want. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's awesome having it's that in front of you. This yes. is life. You want to be successful in the place you're living in? Follow this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful <laughs> I got off that, of that track. That's awesome. Me too, because now I get to meet you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you have a bazillion years of formal education for dentistry. Do you have anything for, you said that you, I don't know if you still do, but you have courses for dentistry out there or you did do you have any education for what you're currently doing not formally so yeah the dental courses are still up there um in terms of what i'm doing oh you know i didn't go back to school or anything like that but i read and take online courses and things like that avidly and i've never thought that i would be you know learning anything outside of school let's just say 10 years ago if you had asked me i'd be like no, you, you're like, you want to do business? You go back to business school. That would have been my answer. But no, I, I read books. I listen to podcasts and I just take courses as I see fit. And I'm usually learning at least a couple of things at a time. Yeah, that's awesome. We have a game, I'm air quoting, that we ask questions every dinner. And it was a way to get my kids to actually talk to me and not just be like, my day was good. Yeah, everything's fine, you know, to actually get them thinking. And one of the questions I ask is, what did you learn today? Mm. And at first it's so hard because everybody's like, I didn't learn anything. Yes, you did. You learn something new every day. And if you don't, there's a problem. (laughs) Even if it's you learned that your friend is having issues, you know, it's you learned, you take something in. And the more we've done this, the more inquisitive I've, they've come to be and they come to us with more. So they'll be like, can I tell you more? I'm like, yes, absolutely. I love that. that. Yeah. So it's formal education. You said you've listened to some of my episodes. I'm sure you've heard that a lot of the women on here are not doing what they were formally educated in, but that doesn't mean we don't know what we're doing. Just saying. Yeah, and that's okay. You know, you get this formal education thinking that that's the right road for you. And at any point, if you realize that it's not, stop. You know, don't continue because of the sunk cost. Yeah, because 10 years from now, you'll be glad you did. And honestly, worst case that happens, you can get a job utilizing your formal education degree for a little bit until you can get back on your feet. Exactly. So what has been your biggest obstacle besides going into a tech career and not being very techie? (laughs) (laughs) That has been hard. I bet. (laughs) Yes. The biggest obstacle, I think mostly it is internal. Mm -hmm. Like even thinking that I'm going to make a software or like these doubts that creep up, if I can just deal with that then I'm good to go. I'm good to face the day. The way it manifests for me is this. If I feel doubt, it doesn't feel as doubt, but it comes to me as procrastination. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at it. And I do not know why. It took a lot of internal digging to realize that that is how imposter syndrome or just doubtfulness manifests in me is procrastination. So when I'm procrastinating now, I know oh, there's something there that I just don't feel confident in or comfortable with doing. And I am uh, so called out right now. Are you like that too? Yes. I will put off something for months and then I'll do it when I'm, you know, having a very confident day. I'll do it and I'll be like, why? It took me three seconds. Why did I wait seven months to do that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I exactly feel you. And you know what? I know this is not what we were talking about at all, but I started to pay attention to my, because since your listeners probably mostly women, Mm -hmm. uh, to my menstrual cycle and in a way where I haven't, like, I always just knew like, okay, this is where my period starts and my periods are kind of rough so I don't schedule anything during that time that was the extent to I paid attention to my period and then I started to hear about these like cycle syncing and things like that where there was this other woman entrepreneur I forgot her name 
but she was scheduling thing based off of her cycle. So her like assistant and the team that she had, the members of her team that needed to put things in her calendar or schedule things in, she just opened up her, her thing, their thing to them and let them know like in this part of my, you know, like this, these are good tasks, these are bad tasks to do. And she said that it reduced her burnout and all these things. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So the last yeah. couple of months I've been just watching how it is. And I have to say that it's been really cool. And that procrastination thing to come back to that happens usually when it comes comes close to my actual, like the start of my menstrual cycle, like the menses. Really? That's mostly, yes. The amount of, like, I have so much more life force and like around day 14 or after my, like after I'm done bleeding to a few days after I ovulate, this is a really good time. And it's like a very predictable up and down in my mood and how much I can get done. And so, yeah, I've just been, I haven't fully implemented this. I've been, mm -hmm. cause I've been more in observation mode, but yeah, I actually have rescheduled interviews and things like that to get it off of my <laughs> times because it just drains me. And this past, like when I was at my peak, I was really looking at the things that I have been procrastinating on and found it a lot easier to tackle. Somehow it's easier to get me feeling more confident and not just that, but I don't get swayed as much with my doubts when I'm more at my peak. So I found that really, that is so awesome. Have you heard of, there's a book called in the flow by mm -hmm. Alyssa Vitti. I think right. I'm probably butchering your name. So from what I've understood, that's what it's about in the flow. That's your flow, your menses. And it talks about how you should and shouldn't eat, like how you should take in more calories at these times and don't ever fast during these times and how your exercise should change. You shouldn't expel so much energy. You will have more energy and really just listening to your body. And what you're explaining is taking it to the, actually her book might cover it. I don't know. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to hearing everybody's talking about their experience with this now, but it sounds like it expands upon what you're already looking into. That exercise I've certainly noticed that mm -hmm. during my peak wow i was just at crossfit and i was like oh my gosh i can i'm not tired i can do so much more right now beast mode <laughs> <laughs> exactly and uh, yeah just coming to embrace that i'm totally reading that book thank you for the recommendation yeah for sure and thank you for sharing because i've started to notice it just on my own like I'm working with an eating disorder therapist. So a lot of my focus right now personally is food. I mean, I'm still in business. I still do everything, but my, a lot of mental focus is on food and being intentional and really coming to terms with everything. And I've noticed that with my period, it changes. Like when I'm coming up on it, I'm like really hungry. And I'm like, wait a minute, check my app. I'm like, ah, okay. This yeah. is what's happening. I am not a trash goblin. I am just ramping up to start expelling and I need more calories. <laughs> yeah. It's such a eye opener because I, I don't know why I never, I mean, I knew that my mood would dip around when right. my period would come. That was all I knew. And so I'd be like, tell my husband, <laughs> FYI, don't take me personally. I'm in mm -hmm. a bad mood today and I'm PMSing, you know? But that was all, like, I never really thought to sync my work, like do a lot more work during my this time and just take it super easy. But yeah, I'm so, so excited about yes. this. But food also. For sure. Well, and I mean, it's a huge part of us. And I'm so excited that we're talking about it because 
there was so much shame wrapped around it. I don't know about you. I remember the first time I had my period, it was a nightmare. My siblings, you know, it was just not something (laughs) that was ever discussed. I had no idea what was happening. I thought I was dying a little bit, you know, (laughs) but this is our whole life, not our whole life, but I think like three quarters of our life, we have to deal with this flow to actually work with it instead of against it and try to hide it. I'm so excited for what we women are going to do push exactly. moving forward. It's a huge thing that, you know, it is annoying sometimes that we bleed at very inconvenient times, <laughs> but I'm trying to harness the power of it because instead of looking at when I'm actually menstruating and being like frustrated with it, looking at the other times when I actually have a lot more energy and power to do things and make things happen, that like just shifting and be like, you know, I'm menstruating now. I'm, it's time more to dig into myself and to maybe think and just it's more retrospection time it's not exactly planning time it's not looking ahead but it's more introspection retrospection time yeah it, it it's I've, it's feeling good <laughs> to do that and i'm like how did it take me so long to realize that there is a very clear rhythm not just to my mood but to my productivity that i don't know but yeah <laughs> at least yeah. i'm here now that's, so that's awesome. I'm so grateful you brought this up and I'm definitely, that's going to be my next book. I had others in front of it. I kept pushing it off because I'm more like business, 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 but I think now I just need to embrace all of me and work with me and then the business stuff will get better. Yeah, <laughs> so totally thank you. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about obstacles, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'd really like to know what's helped you most in schleffing off what society told you to do, where you felt you had to go and pursuing this and getting something so awesome out there for everyone to use. In terms of shedding off my previous ideas about life, I have to say that that one was instantaneous. It was not a process, at least for me, because once you see it, you can't unsee it and once you realize that you've gotten on this career track not because you wanted that but because you thought you're supposed to want that yeah i'm the type of person where big decisions come in an instant i don't hesitate and then i would pause and be like i should really think about this more before (laughs) i make a decision this big and then i try to think but my mind is already made up like i can't Mm -hmm. think and that's I'm gonna call just call that my gut when it reacts so loudly to something and it's basically saying thank you for finally realizing this was not the track for you and yeah once I realized that I never had that like I never had to work through shedding the societal beliefs now what I did have to work through (laughs) is my mother (laughs) oh my gosh I was gonna ask, but I didn't know if it was too personal. (laughs) Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, my mother and because once her eldest daughter got into dental school in South Korea, it's very conservative society and she was a Mm -hmm. single mother, which is extremely looked down upon. It is not like here where it's kind of common. No, like you don't do that. It was like, finally people started to give her respect and she was writing on that for 10 years. And then I came around and said, mom, I'm actually not going to do this anymore. And uh, she's still still grappling with it. You know, it still comes up in conversations. Why don't you just go back to your dentist (laughs) job? You know, this kind of thing. And in the beginning, I tried to, I tried to get her to understand Mm -hmm. because I wanted her to see things the way I see it. And then... uh, I realized, no, you just have to let that one go because she will never understand. She will always be disappointed and that that is not my job to change that. My job is just to live my life the way I want to and to my satisfaction, which I am very satisfied with it. Yeah. And yeah, to be there for her. And I don't have to like be snarky back at her when she says something, (laughs) but It's also not my job to accept the fact that I've changed careers. Like Mm -hmm. 
that that's her journey, not mine. And I, yeah, I don't think that she will ever come around with it. And that is, that is okay. I've, I've come to accept that. Not just yeah. her, my siblings too. And that is also okay. <laughs> Nobody really knows what I do and that's okay too. Yes. Okay. Being in tech, that's normally the case. Yeah. They know that they can call me and they can be like, how do I fix this? But they don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult and I don't have the same experience, so I can't say that I understand, but I'm trying to find the words. You say that you've come to terms with it and accepted it, but that couldn't have been easy because you were doing that. I mean, you had the societal pressure, but also pressure from her and you wanted to do better than her. She was somewhat your inspiration. So having to have that change, I'm sure was difficult for you. So kudos to you for being able to get there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was not easy. And, you know, I briefly mentioned earlier that before I listened to the four hour work week, I was not a book person at all. And mm -hmm. I, I really, well, I read some fiction books, but it was more like, I didn't even know that nonfiction was a category other than <laughs> textbooks. Like, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I didn't know that people read nonfiction books or like self-help was even a thing. Like I was completely unaware. And before I met my husband, I had this one boyfriend in the past that we briefly dated. And he was the person that actually, he was like a, a, a therapist that worked mm -hmm. with couples, a couples therapist. And he was a very conscious person and there was a very strong attraction from me to that because it was such a new world i didn't you know that i didn't know and it was like oh my god like there is this part of me called emotions i guess there is like <laughs> <laughs> but you know you can pay attention to that and oh you know like you're childhood experiences have an effect on you know your adult this whole kind of journey of an understanding of self, which I hadn't been on at all, started with with that with that man. Mm -hmm. And it was very helpful. Like I think both of them had to have happened. I had to yeah. have somehow been exposed to the world of introspection and understanding of self and self-discovery. And I had to have been exposed to the world of entrepreneurship. If there was just one or the other, I don't think that I would have done it because mom. <laughs> right. Mom, yes. <laughs> I mean, when that's your whole world, that's all you know. Yeah. You can't know any different. And you're right. I feel like everyone's like, why did you buy a dry cleaner? I'm like, well, this is why. But it's not. It's like 10 years of buildup that got me to this point as to why I was actually able to do it. So awesome to bring up. I love that. So do you feel that being a woman has affected how you've brought Owlish to the world? The co-founders of Owlish is my husband and I, mm -hmm. and my husband's a man. Mm -hmm. And he obviously has very masculine traits, but he's also very in touch with his feminine side. Mm-hmm as well as as of his masculine side right. it's really hard for me to parse that out now that you pose the question like that did it change the way i brought Aulish out to the world i am not so sure mm -hmm. i don't know if what is from being a woman and i don't know what is from being me you know right. which part of me is being a woman so i'm not so sure i'm i'm, I'm sure there is but I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I still can't think of anything. But I am, though, happy that my husband is a man that is very in touch with, you know, like the mm -hmm. is a kind of emotional side of things. And that helps a lot. I can't imagine having a partner that's very macho. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. ask questions for you to have the answers. I oh. ask questions just to know <laughs> what your thoughts are. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't I don't know is the answer. Yeah. Do you feel that it's important for other women to work in your field like in tech or in creating content, you know, you hit you're multifaceted at the moment in dentistry even? <laughs> 
dentistry is certainly a field both dental schools that i've been to have a very men dominated class profile Mm -hmm. so i would absolutely like when you enter a dental office it's mostly the doctor is the man and everybody else working is female right and i never liked that dynamic oh anyway so absolutely yes to dentistry and yes to all the other things now i love that this online creator world and online business world has helped so many women start their own gig and dream of being business owners or you know bringing in even like i have a lot of friends that used to be stay-at-home moms and they just had to give up their careers for their whatever family situation and then they get introduced to the fact that like they they can actually continue working as a matter of fact and there are plenty of career options that you can you can pursue if you don't have to do it full time you can if you want but you can do as much or as little work as you want to and but you know have this facet of your you that is not just tied to your family mm-hmm. and so i think that still more women i would love to see still more women get into it and like discover this this world and yeah i absolutely think more women should be here not because i just want to see more women here but because i still see more women folding their career dreams for their partner mm-hmm. putting their aspirations aside for their family which I mean, raising kids is so hard. (laughs) I have to say that from all the things that I have done and I am still doing, it is the hardest thing that I am doing is being a mother. And so, you know, I'm not like being like, oh, you know, like just don't just be a stay at home mom. Like that is really hard. But Mm -hmm. if deep down you have leftover career aspirations, then you don't have to leave it all behind you can find uh, a balance, especially if you have a supported husband that will (laughs) talk to you about it. And yeah, you can figure something out. And so for that, I would love to see more women do what they want. I love that so much. I was one of the women that completely lost myself in my children and I did everything for them and totally forgot who I was, that I was even a person. I was mom. I was wife. I was not Dina. So you bring up a really good point that it's not that you want to have slumber parties with your coworker. (laughs) It's that you are a cheerleader to see other women succeed. And that's such, such an awesome thing. You're, I'm liking you more and more every second, Alyssa. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And that, that's the other thing, though, is I think, you know, as women, it is very important to, as, as much as it is possible for yourself and for your family, to kind of balance out gender roles a little bit because your kids are watching you and they're learning what to do from you. So if you are miserable being a mom or you felt like you've lost your identity like you did, Dina, for a while, if you stop to ask that question, is this what my, why want my daughter to do when she's a mother? And if the answer to that is no, that is a very strong indication that perhaps you should change something, not just for yourself, but for your daughter. Like you're being, you know, you're doing all these mothering things, which is really hard. And there's, it requires so much sacrifice and patience to no end. Oh my gosh. But even if that means, let's say, increasing your kid's screen time, whatever, watching mother do something new, I think gives our kids' generations, the daughters, oh, and the sons, because they're going to be husbands, mm-hmm. to pursue their creative juices and live life to the fullest. Because there are some women that really just love being the mother. And for them, yes. honestly, there are times where I wish I was that, yeah. but I am not, right? <laughs> but yeah, like if you are so content and very happy and in peace, you know, running your house and doing all that, then kudos to you and you do you and please continue. But the problem is when you feel like you had to give up something, some part of you 
because of this and then you look at your kids and they make you impatient and it's just like you know the resentment and, grows yes and that's a real thing and you that energy they feel it too and so taking care of yourself first and keeping other facets of you alive will show your daughters how to do it for themselves and they will do it better than you because they're watching you and being like i like that and i don't like that i think mom could do that better but yeah i, th I think that is just very very important it's easy to say i'm sacrificing me for my kids but if you really step back that is not exactly what the kids need the kids need to see you living your life if that's what you want your kids to do when they grow up oh that's so profound so if someone wanted to get into the tech space software development content creation, what advice would you give them? See what you like doing first and what you're good at, like what your personality jives with. I have tried to do businesses that did not fit my personality. I was not interested mm -hmm. in it. For instance, I love stationery. And for a couple of years, I think I had a business where I ran like these bundle buys, if you will, of printable stationaries and printable stickers and whatever for, for mostly women that liked to decorate their planners. Now, I love planners and I love stationery, but I do not decorate my planner. <laughs> that is not what I do. I use a black pen and a blue pen and sometimes a highlighter. I never put stickers on it. I'm not trying to make it look nice. I'm very more of a functional person. That mm -hmm. business was lucrative. It was very lucrative, actually. And it grew so well because of all the right factors were in place. For instance, if you were a creator, I would contact you and ask you if you wanted to contribute to the bundle. And all these people would. And then they would, in turn, sell the bundle. And I would give them 70% of the sales profit they made. But I was getting all those email addresses, you know, from everybody's audiences. So it was a mm -hmm. really wonderful business model. It grew so fast. We made a lot of money and I didn't like it. It was not my interest. Stationary, mm -hmm. I couldn't care less. Bundle sales? No. <laughs> and so, you know, like I, I folded it, but it was a waste of time and energy, hindsight. If I stopped to think about that business model and the industry and all that before I had started, I probably would not have entered. Mm -hmm. And so if you're young, I think there is a lot of value in exploring, just generally exploring, because it does take time and a lot of failed attempts to really figure out your yourself and your likes and dislikes and what you really enjoy doing and what puts you in the flow. If you know what it is, then whatever you decide to do or want to do should really kind of be an extension of that somehow. So if you don't like to write, then don't try to be a content writer. Even if you hear that, you know, you can earn a lot of money writing blog posts, just don't do it because you will be so very miserable. If you're trying mm -hmm. to cut out a career and especially in the later stage of your life, then know thyself, Start really start from there. But also, if there's something that you do not know, don't let that be an obstacle for you either. Like I had to dive head first into UX and UI and design and things like that. Not that I did all the design, I'm not a designer, but we hired a designer, but we had to collaborate and right. do all that. And I had no UX, UI training and I was open to hiring somebody, but at the time we couldn't afford it. And mm -hmm. so it was like, okay, let's try this and let's see how it works if we tried it. Cause we had a lot of like, let's say website designing experience and stuff. So we're like, you know, like what, we could probably figure it out. And, and we, and we did, but that trying was wonderful because I learned that I really love it. And okay. so, you know, like, if you know that this is something that you're not going to like, then don't get in there. But if you don't know about something and you're kind of interested or you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, don't let that stop you. Just give it a try and know that most decisions are reversible. <laughs> yeah. Decisions really are reversible. I think we tend to approach decisions as if they are irreversible and spend way too much time deliberating over whether to do A or B when honestly, just choose one, 
and go with it. And if it's not it in two weeks, put it in your calendar, reevaluate the AB decision in two weeks. And if you, if it's not it, then, then reverse decision, it's fine. There's, there's really not that many decisions that require a ton of deliberation. I think, I think it's totally fine to just pick one, go there and course correct if needed. And you will learn so much just by doing that. So if anybody wants to get into anything, just start, just start, learn. And if you're really getting started and if you're able to put food on your table, then go volunteer your time for free and try to help somebody. I really wish that's something I had done when mm-hmm. I was younger. You know, I spent my entire thirties in school. I graduated when I was 30. And that those were the years that if I could get back, I wish I could, and I would go and just be kind of an assistant like person to an entrepreneur that I admired. I wouldn't even care what industry or anything like that. What I'm trying to see is how does this person operate? How does this person think? And how does this person like schedule their day? All these things that if you pick those up, they are extremely valuable. And, you know, once you get into an industry, you learn a lot of things and you can start your own exploration and career from there, whether you stay or get into an adjacent or whatever. There are so many things. But if you are standing on the outside looking in and trying to figure out the perfect path to whatever career that you're dreaming up, it's just not going to happen. You have to just get in and get dirty and change as you see fit. I love that you brought up the fact that most of us approach decisions as finite. That's it. Because you're right. Not even tattoos are permanent anymore. You can get those removed. (laughs) So giving yourself the option to change your mind and not seeing it as failure that I realized going through all my stuff that I worked through that was my big thing. I was afraid of failure. And it took years for me to realize that there isn't failure. It's just a learning moment. That's it. You know. Yeah. You decide you're like, Hey, I think I want to get into cosmetology and you start watching videos and reading about doing nails. And two weeks later, you're like, Nope, that sounds tedious. And like, terrible. I'm not doing it and giving yourself the permission. I love that advice. It's so good. Thank you. Now you gave us your advice. I need to know what's the best advice you've received. I think most of the advice I hashed out are not actually my original ideas. (laughs) Well, technically there's no original ideas anymore. Uh, It's all out there. So those are things that I've heard that resonated with me that stuck with me. And so probably I'll say that those are the best ideas that I have also received that that has influenced my life a lot. So I'd say like, if you ask me, what is the best advice I've received? Yeah, that decisions are reversible that one that one really um i don't know where i heard it i wish i knew if somebody knows maybe you can let me know (laughs) because (laughs) you know i want to give credit to whoever said it first it's certainly not me but that when i heard it it was like oh you're right Mm -hmm. why am i agonizing over this thing and it's fine most of the things it's fine don't take it so personally don't take it so heavy lighten it up a little bit, enjoy, try to enjoy it. And you have to enjoy the process. And you know, you hear this and it sounds so cliche, like enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey. It's like, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. But like, bring me to my destination. Then I'll look back and say, (laughs) whatever. But I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years. Oh gosh, it's been over 10 years. It's 2013, isn't it? 2023 no. yes. <laughs> is when I put out my first course. So over a decade, oh gosh, dating myself. And it's always been the journey. Mm-hmm. It's always the entire decade. And the early many, many years, I really was trying to arrive at my destination. And there are still days where I do want to just be there, right? But yeah. then I have to look back at my 10 years and be like, you know what, the entire 10 years you had never arrived. And what is arriving anyway? Like Mm -hmm. having a software like Alish 
it's constant iteration. It's a constant improvement. And, you know, there's always, somebody said this, that as your business gets more successful and bigger, because in the early stage, you're like, okay, it just feels really good, right? But as an entrepreneur, you're always going to take on as much pain as you can tolerate. Yeah. And just because at any given moment, if you really look at what your business could potentially like need or become, or you know you, what you could potentially do to your business, there is never a shortage in inspiration or things that you think could do better or all, all of this. And so we tend to always be at max capacity for what our what we can handle. And this is whether we are a solopreneur just starting out or whether we have 10 employees or 100 employees, mm-hmm. our business is all you as a founder are always going to kind of be stretched to the max because or if you you know, if, if you have aspirations for growing the business, which not everybody does. And that is absolutely okay. I have friends mm-hmm. that have brought their businesses to a certain point and they're like, nope, this is a maintenance mode. I love it. And uh, that's actually how our dental business is too right now. Is yeah. It's a maintenance mode. It barely requires time. And it's lovely because it brings in the money and we're not trying to grow it. But if you have a project that you do want to grow and see, then it's, it's, it's very easy to, you know, always kind of be stretched to the max. So you better enjoy that journey because yes. you'll never get there as long as you're trying to um, make improvements and you will always see areas to improve. You always will. Yep. No, I love, love, love that. So we've talked a lot about business and growth and journeys and dentistry and software, but I need to know, what do you do for fun? Jiu-jitsu. Really? Mm. I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when my daughter was born. So she's, she was a toddler, I guess. I, I, I can't remember exactly how many years. And I have not had the time to dedicate to it as much as I would like. You know, like I mm-hmm. go to the mat and I see people, they're there like two hours every day. I don't have that time and that is okay. But there was a moment where I felt like, I don't want to feel too vulnerable walking around with my daughter. I want to be able Mm -hmm. to be equipped with at least some kind of self-defense. And I, I always had an interest in martial arts, but I never started it. And so I pulled the trigger after I had my first kid and it is the best thing ever. I am having so much fun. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. So that you started it more so that you could feel secure on your own with your kids. And now it's just a passion of yours. Yeah. It's that's awesome. It, you know, when you do business, you're moving your brain. Mm-hmm. Jiu Jitsu people say it, it's like chess for your body. And it really is. It's like, okay, that person is moving this way. How do I have to move? What is this person going to do next? You're thinking, but you're also having to respond with your body, but it's extremely strategic. Mm-hmm. And that is, I, I just love it. It, it. I think it has put me in touch with a part of me that I didn't know was a thing. In the beginning, I felt like, oh, this is really primal. I love mm-hmm. that. And Yes, there's a primalness to it, but I think that usually is just in the very, very beginning of of doing jujitsu because you are not technically equipped with a lot of, let's say, technicality just yet, but yet you are sparring and you're rolling on the mat with somebody else. And so it becomes kind of like an animalistic where, because you just don't know, you're acting on your animalistic instincts for yeah. instance, to, to try to win this role or whatever. But as you learn more and get more techniques down, it becomes less kind of frantic like that. And it becomes more strategic and the, the spar slows down. It, we just kind of mm-hmm. go slower. You don't sweat as much even. You're not at like, you're not hyperventilating trying to, right. <laughs> trying to get out of a position or like using your force even. You're really thinking, okay, how do I leverage this movement against this person back against this person? Yeah. And it is so much fun. That's awesome. I'm glad you found that for yourself for sure. 
So you said you're an avid reader. What are you reading right now? Or what do you recommend? Ooh, okay. I am, I just finished this book yesterday. It's an audiobook mm -hmm. called Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. And let me get the author for you. And it is a old book. Mm -hmm. I into the 20th anniversary edition. It's it's written by a guy named Al Rees and it is amazing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's about how to position your company, but it's not just he's not just saying do this do that. He's bringing up all these examples from the past, from all of the industries. I'm really impressed at like how this guy I I should look into like <laughs> what his background is like why do you know so much? It's a classic book that I'm finally getting around to. And it, I seriously recommend it. It's fun to listen to too, because it's talking about Heinz and Procter and Gamble and how countries position themselves and cars, Fords and, you know, mm -hmm. Toyotas and uh, BMWs and all these industries and how this positioning move was a good one. And that positioning move was a bad one. And the computer industry, all this thing like IBM, Apple, like it is, the wealth of knowledge that this person has in just marketing and positioning and the historic references he has to like all of these things is is mind-blowingly fun i highly recommend it awesome. even if it's for your entertainment <laughs> yes yeah. it's fun after in the flow i'll have to look into it <laughs> yes first comes first <laughs> yes so I don't have any more questions for you. Is there any last tidbits for my listeners? Anything else you want to throw out there? Yeah. If you've listened so far, and if you happen to have an interest in having an online course of your own, then I would love to be able to offer you a chance to just try out Owlish, just see if this will work for you. So if you are in that situation, then just head on over to owlish.com forward slash fragmenters. That's owlish with two W's, O-W-W-L-I-S-H.com forward slash fragmenters to get two months free of our platform to just, I hope that's enough time to, you know, just give it a go, play around with it and see how you feel with it. And if you don't have an online course yet, dream up how this could help your business or anything. If you say something often, like repeat yourself often for whatever, you can turn that into a course. Doesn't even mean that you have to charge people for it, but you can onboard coaching clients like that, whatever. It's the uses are um, really your imagination is the limit in terms of how you can utilize, like say an online course platform, because anything that you repeat a lot can just be recorded <laughs> and distributed <laughs> instead of, you know, repeating in person every single time. So yeah, I would love for you to try it out. And if you need anything while doing so or run into any questions, we're a small team. I'm behind the mailbox. Just shoot us an email. We'll happy to get on a hop on a call if you want that, like to help you just figure stuff out. And yeah, I just love seeing how people are able to grow their businesses and just explore different facets of their businesses too by integrating online courses into previous businesses that did not have that first of all so generous thank you Alyssa. i really appreciate it and just thank you so much for everything that you've dropped and shared with us this has been an amazing conversation i'm really glad i met you so you said you're behind the email how can people contact you and if they want to be friends, do you have socials or are you more of just, just not TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> so for me personally, I'm a social media hermit. I don't do mm -hmm. social for, for my personal, but I am the person behind Alish's email inbox. And I would, I, I, I don't not do social because I'm trying to hide from the world. It's just that I found that I don't enjoy, let's say, the feeling of having to build a personal brand that does not jive with me. And so mm -hmm. I dropped social completely and I, I put my, all of my whatever I do behind the company instead. And I really enjoy that and being a little more anonymous mm -hmm. <laughs> in terms of being, you know, Alyssa, but I would really love to hear from you. So you can just email the Alyssa's inbox and I will be there. 
if you just direct the email to Alyssa at, and if you let me know, like you enjoy this conversation, I would love to hear that too. Or you can actually also email me at Alyssa at Aulish.com as well. So just Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at Aulish, O-W-W-L-I-S-H.com. Awesome. Thank you again, Alyssa. This has been phenomenal and I will hopefully talk to you later. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Dina. It was a really fun conversation. All right. Bye. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. Thank you again. Bye. We got the right stuff. We put the hammer right down. Wanna be live?